Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What do you think caused the shift to where we have this red pill community against the pink pill community and we have this toxic masculinity against feminism, all this stuff? What 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 caused the shift? You know, I think that uh, one one explanation I heard from a, a guy, one of the things he said was men have had to face the fact that they've had to face their egos where you can come into the relationship with, you know, your success and your things, but now women are matching it. That's the problem. And when women are matching it, we don't need the stuff that you were conditioned since childhood Uh to present to us. We already have it. And now you seem less valuable. So it's almost like, see me, I am here. And then if a woman takes on that attitude that now the stakes are higher. Okay. I have this. So you take it up a notch and men are saying, do you know what it's like out there? Love is a treasure chest, but once opened, our hearts become vulnerable. I I went back to Vegas. It was this guy. He appeared as a friend. Sure enough, it led to infidelity. Alignment can't be ignored. We talked about certain topics for us having kids. She didn't want to have kids. Um, and that was one of the red flags. And I know you desire marriage. So I think it's best you move on with your life. What you do, hold on, Lisa, what you do? I told him, okay. <laughs> she didn't ask me why. <laughs> I knew several other women's bodies better than I knew my own. I've, I watched their videos of them having sex, so I would try to imitate that. No discussion is off limits. Dear Future Wifey Podcast brings healing. You inspire us to try God a little bit more. Uh, through this platform, I have realized that it's possible. It's possible to love again. The conversations have really helped me to change my perspective on relationships. Season 7 is all about tough topics. I'm Lataris R. Winfield, and welcome to the Dear Future Wifey Podcast. Welcome to the Dear Future Wifey Podcast. I'm your host, Lataris R. Whitfield. Listen, are you still shacking up with us? If you're still shacking up with us, come on, can we get a commitment? Hit that subscription button and subscribe. Make sure you turn on your notification bell so you'll be notified about upcoming episodes. Listen, we're still in season seven, Tough Topics, and we have an amazing guest today. Um, I know this is a familiar face for a lot of y'all, and while she was in town at the Woman Evolve conference, I said, I got to get her because we've been talking about bringing on the podcast for over a year. So without further ado, welcome to the Dear Future Wifey podcast, my homie, Love <laughs> McPherson. How you doing, Queen? Oh, I am doing well, and it's so good to be here. I am so excited. Love, how long have we been talking about having you uh, come on here? It's been over a year, I know. Know for sure. About a year, you've been traveling a lot, and one time you came to Texas. You were in Houston. We were trying to see if you can yeah, fly into Dallas sure real quick were, and fly out. We? Yeah, and then you and I did Arisha Hiller's event. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, we sat at the dinner table yeah, together, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. So it's been a long time coming. Yes. Um. So, love, I asked you what would be a tough topic to talk about. What did you say? I said 
I think the toughest topic for me as a relationship expert and seeing the pain that happens would be the undercurrent war, gender wars that are happening. What's going on? What's going on in these streets? You know, nobody's saying it as overtly as it is happening more covertly. And that is that, you know, there is a lack of compassion and empathy within the genders. Everybody is kind of fighting for their rights. With We're fighting for our rights as women against the men. And the men are fighting for their rights and they're standing up of, as men uh, against the women. And you can just see that everybody is kind of at a stalemate and fighting. And it absolutely extracts every morsel, every drip of love out of the possibility of really having healthy relationships. What do you think happened? Because it hasn't always been like this. What do you think caused the shift to where we have this red pill community against the pink pill community? And we have this toxic masculinity against feminism, all this stuff. What 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 caused the shift? Have you first of all, let me ask you, has it been like that early on in life? Or did you ever see this type of culture uh, when you were growing up? You know, I think that uh, one one explanation I heard from a, a guy and he was saying that. Um, which I, it, it really touched me. He, I don't even think he was talking about this particular, but one of the things he said was men have had to face the fact that they've had to face their egos where you can come into the relationship with, you know, your success and your things, but now women are matching it. That's the problem. And when women are matching it, we don't need the stuff that you were conditioned since childhood Uh to present to us. We already have it. And now you seem less valuable. So it's almost like, see me. I am here. And then if a woman takes on that attitude that now the stakes are higher. Okay, I have this. So you take it up a notch. And men are saying, do you know what it's like out there <laughs> yeah. to try to get to the six figures? You know, you want yeah. us to have multiple and multiple and, and you want us to present this and be this and then be emotional and, and be that power guy who's successful, but still be at home. You can't be working all in. You got to put some boundaries. So it's the, the, the goalpost has, has moved. And then the men are not seeing the value uh, I believe, I think this is what women are feeling, that men are not necessarily feeling the value of what we bring to the table just by, just by nothing we do. I mean, not in nothing we do, but just because of who we are. Yes. And here's the thing. Every single person, event, uh, production that has happened in the world is because came through the woman the womb of a woman, every man who built, every scientist who, who discovered came from our wombs. And I think that our wombs have been depreciated as much as a man's uh, leadership and masculinity. Um, I, I think both of us are not valuing the things that really matter. What caused the shift, though? What what happened to where, uh, and you hit the nail on the head when you said that women, and studies show that women are now out-earning, especially African-American women, are out-earning uh, their African-American male counterparts. And so 
And you hit the nail on the head when you say now men are saying we've been conditioned at early ages saying that we are supposed to be providers. And now a woman is like, I can do battle by myself. You know, I got this on my own. I was reading a post today where a woman said that somebody said, does it matter what job a man has? And she said he has to at least have a job that is professional, career driven job that is at least making as much as I'm making or more. You know, because they were responding to Tyler Perry, mm -hmm. who was on Crystal Renee's podcast that said that if you can find a woman, I mean, you find a man that's making, uh, he may be making below what you're making. But if he is a good man, he comes home at night, he's honoring you, respecting you, give that brother a chance. And y'all too put, you put your $100,000 with his $50,000 and y'all got hundred and fifty together and stop looking so divided. What is your thought process about that, about a woman as they say, uh, dating down, as they say, to a man that's making less income. This is what I would say about that. I am in a whole different generation right. than, than a lot of the women that are, 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 you know, desiring that. As I'm going to speak from a woman who has been married to the same man for 40 years. 40 years. Congratulations. <laughs> I and, and and still love in love and in like because you hear yeah. me say all the time it's easy to love because that's my commitment I have integrity but to like them is a process okay yeah. now as a person who is forty years married I have the privilege of perspective and I'm gonna tell you something first of all what I know about myself is whatever you bring to the table, I'm going to multiply it anyway because the birthing in me, the the anointing of birth in me is going to produce, reproduce, mm -hmm. okay? But what I'm not going to reproduce for you is your 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 uh your serial cheating. <laughs> your 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 consistent like I'm I, my love don't cover all that. Okay. Okay? So your 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 inability in this world, the way the systems are working against you as a black man, I have compassion for that. I am a father, daughter with five brothers. I have compassion. And I understand the nuances and uh, of a man and, and the things that he goes through. Yeah. So I have compassion. What I don't think people realize is that when you get to be my age, whether there was a six-pack there ever or not— <laughs> Is so irrelevant. It is. it is so irrelevant when we both buried all four of our parents. It was so irrelevant when I birthed my daughters and went and literally lost consciousness and 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 had to have my husband there nursing me. It was so irrelevant when I chose to sit lay on a hospital bed with a two inch mattress all night when he had to have surgery. It was so irrelevant as we have raised our children and 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 been been there through the ups downs of society and things like that when you talking about a partner for life when yeah. we're talking about marriage partners we are talking about people who you I am not even my 20 some year old self. He didn't sign up for me. I didn't sign up for him. We continuously accept each other every single day. And it's so important that you realize that I don't care what he looks like, what he's making today or tomorrow. It can change within one month of my husband and I getting married. He walked into that door and said, I just got laid off. Wow. 
of no, no thing, nothing against him. In fact, his old job liked him so much until they actually found his new job for him. They called him and said, I have a friend and they, he was working within the next week. However, you can make whatever you want and not have whatever you yeah. want. And, and your health, whatever the case may be, you have got to see that what's important is the character of a man. There it is. And what's important is the character of a woman. And until we go and are able to appreciate that, because love starts with passion, but it finishes. And the, the longest portion of love and marriage is not passionate love, compassionate love. So if your love can't cover compassion, then you don't even you don't even qualify for the institution of marriage. Um, love, I think you stepped on a lot of toes just then. Do you realize that you just stepped on a whole bunch of toes? You said it begins with passion, but it ends with compassion. But the passion that it begins with, let yeah. me tell you something. That's that's tricky because compassion. The passion comes from a chemical release: oxytocin, dopamine, all of this. The, you know. When you're talking about the 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 drugs that help you bond with somebody and help you feel good about somebody, and then they wear off, baby, you on drugs, okay? <laughs> and you chasing your first high, so you don't don't get uh, consumed and excited about that because when it wears off, you'll say, and this is what happens. This is what comes in my chair. You've changed. You used to do this. You used to do that. No, no, no. You was on drugs. Okay? You was on drugs. Is that what you tell and, them, love? Yes. You were on drugs. And, and the drugs have worn dopamine. off. And now your eyes are open. And so that was a nice little boost to attract people so we can continue to procreate on the earth. Yeah. However, after that, your character has to lead the relationship. There it is. Your character and your uh, empathy marriage, we, we think it's all about what I get, what I get. No, when you go into marriage, when you go into a relationship of that, of that uh, level, it is about what you can give and not from your standpoint, but from my standpoint. Yep. Can I give you a healthy self who has dealt with her inner trauma? Can I give you a person who has the, has mastered the ability to forgive if you ain't even forgiving your own parents, I'm not saying you haven't set boundaries, but if you haven't forgiven them, you have no skills for the main character trait that you will need in a marriage on a regular basis. If you don't even have any empathy or compassion or the ability to communicate or conflict resolution skills, you don't have the basic skills to be in a, a, a something that you are seeking and upset that somebody is not giving you. You hit, you hit the nail on the head with this, and I want to unpack this. You said forgiveness versus setting boundaries. Unpack that. Please explain that. Absolutely. A lot of times people think that unconditional love equals unconditional relationship. Oh, no. Even God don't give you unconditional <laughs> relationship. He, I mean, all the way in the Old Testament, he's like, okay, y'all can come. You, one person can come into the Holy of Holies, but you're going to come correct, okay? The rest of y'all going to sit on the outer court, okay? And if you <laughs> so, come in bearing sin, you're going to die. Exactly. <laughs> and we're going to drag you out on the rope. Yeah. And so, <laughs> so, so you can't just come into and have relationship with me. And this is why. You say, well, why? Was God not loving no, it had nothing to do with his love. It had to do with his purpose. And when we have a purpose on the earth, 
we know that we can't allow everybody into our intimate spaces because we understand what it does to us and the distraction that it, it creates and the mental health damages that it creates. It's a slow death, a slow toxicity mm-hmm. that disrupts the flow of what you're producing. Mm-mm-mm. So when you talk about uh we're going to take a few steps. We done jumped in the marriage. Let's take a few steps on getting it right in the dating process. Um, matter of fact, you have a book about this. Yes. What's the name of your book? The Five Stages of Dating. Okay, yeah, we got to talk about this. <laughs> so the five stages of dating. So we, you know, we talk about the oxytocin and dopamine and all that type of stuff that makes us bond to an individual. But we got to understand how to do relationships right. And so the podcast, uh, Dear Future Wifey podcast, is supported by single people and married people. But the single people are always in my DMs saying, how do we date? We got these different terms. We got situationships. We got (laughs) dating. We got talking to, you know, all these different stages. Was it as complicated as that when you were when you met your husband? I don't think we made it as complicated. You know, it was our our rate ratio of possibilities were so much smaller. Okay, <laughs> it was the church choir, the, the musicians, uh, the people at your school down the street and up the street. And if you got to college, it was like, whoa, like the world is absolutely open. <laughs> <laughs> and so y'all dated more around y'all geographical area. Absolutely. Now with social media, the boundaries are uh, limitless. Limitless. So when and you, the options, the options. And see, that it's, it's like I, I, I say it's like the cheesecake factory uh menu. <laughs> menu. you'd be like i don't know what i want on here it's like 10 pages or stuff <laughs> so we look at this what are the what are the five stages of dating the first one is attraction now, i talked about the attraction that happens with the dopamine and, and the chemical releases and things like that but that's not the only way you attract one of the ways that you attract i named like seven uh, ways of attracting in the book but one of them is actually when you are in when your first date is uh, you or you meet somebody when you're having high stimulus activity, high stimulated activities, such as being in the gym, because it gives you the same chemical releases as what I just talked yeah. about. You will feel more attracted. Also, say you were sitting there at a dinner with somebody and you're out on a date and you get this phone call and you're like, I really have to answer it because I've been waiting on this answer from this company. And they give you the book deal or whatever they're giving you and you see this financial, like, oh my God, you get the congratulations. Well, guess what? You will actually associate that person with that great time and they will be engrafted in there and you might just kind of believe that you had a better time with them than you were and the last one i'm not gonna go into all seven they have to buy the book but the closing time effect people were the surveys have been done like you had a bar or something right and they they would see who's the possibility do you see anybody uh, well not they rate them rated them they might rate as a four by the closing time effect they were raising, and not even the alcohol. It, don't blame it on alcohol. <laughs> I was about to say. They, they, but they they were up to sevens and eights because when your possibilities shrink, <laughs> which is what you're talking about, when your possibilities shrink, then people look better to you. <laughs> you're like, is this all it is? Okay, I'll take that. <laughs> okay, but it's all it is. It's, it's, it's almost like at the, you know, when you're little and they tell you to choose your team. 
Okay, I'll take that. I'll take her. Yeah, the science personal team. So, so what is the second stage? The second stage, and stage one is that attraction stage. That's that talking on the phone and 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 going all the way to the first date. At the first date, you could either just decide. That was crazy. I'll never do that again. Yeah. Or you'll say, hmm, okay, I think there was a something. I want to explore it. Stage two is dating without a commitment, okay? So no commitment. Uh, um, and really, it's not even commitment. It's more dating non-exclusively, right. okay? So I'm not exclusively dating you, but I might date you for two or three months. But I'm, we're not exclusive. Right. That's a tricky stage because some people will say, you've taken me out like five times. <laughs> and so, and then I saw you on social media with her or I saw you with him. Are you cheating? He's not cheating. <laughs> She's not cheating. Okay. They, you are not in an exclusive right. relationship. Also, make sure in stage one, before you even go on that date, that everybody knows how far they want to go up the ladder. Because if I only want to go to stage two and stop, I have that right. Yep. Everybody don't have to go to stage five, which is, yeah. is marriage. But tell me that at stage one before I start becoming invested. The other thing is, if I'm going to get stuck in stage two, or you stuck in stage two for six months, but you didn't already shifted me and set me on a bench in, 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 in stage three, that ain't going to work either. Okay. I'm not going to be in an exclusive relationship and you in a non-exclusive relationship. That's not what we're going to do today. <laughs> so, but you got to know that and it has to be said and don't allow somebody to bench you and you sitting there thirsty waiting for them to come and join you in stage three, which is exclusive day. <laughs> you are not winning them over to that 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 stage, okay? Don't think you can sex them enough. Yep. Don't think you can love them enough, people please them enough to to join you in stage three. They should. I don't care if it's male or woman or, or male or female. They should want and desire you, and they look and say this. And this is an important statement. The important statement is this: there may be some other people that's out there that's prettier than you or better looking than you or make more money than you. But you know what? You're the best for me right now. Facts. And I have decided to close the shop and exclusively date you. Now, during stage two, I'm watching, though, because I'm seeing and we both have choices. Yep. I, I want to see if you are even capable of being consistent. If that's the friendship stage, yes. the friendship is going to take you in that marriage. It is going to control through the hard times and the good times. You better create the friendship. What is friendship? Loyalty. The ability to be open and transparent, the the, the ability to be there and, and when I need you, you know, and things like that, the compassion, all of those character traits. Then once we get to stage three, which is exclusive dating, then I'm looking at, and, and a lot of these things by the time I'm looking at stage at three, I've still been looking at them all along. It's of not course. like I'm blind to it, yeah. but I'm really looking to see if I would actually, you qualify and have the skills to be in an ex, in an exclusive relationship. There it is. If you have no uh, <laughs> emotional discipline, no sexual discipline, or any of that kind of stuff, then it's going to we, it's going to show up. Yep. If you are not going to pay attention to me, and you we are trying to plan for for stage four, which is engagement then that's a problem. And so stage three is a very serious uh, time. Uh, but then stage four, 
when it comes time for engagement, that's a very important period too, because all along you, you, you want to master skills like communication skills and relationship skills and things like that. But when we get to stage four, you want to make sure that you tailor your relationship skills to your particular mate. And that's what I do in my marriage counseling. We're going to look at your traumas. We're going to look at their traumas. We're going to look at your background because you've picked up skills from your, your caregivers. Yeah. You have picked up different things. You, even your relationships in the past have groomed you to be a certain way, have guarded you to be a certain way. We're going to look at that. So while you're working through your childhood traumas, I don't want your mate to come and tr- be the trigger of them. Mm. So if if you're say it's a financial thing, yeah, and if you're if you're in a financial situation where um, there was extreme poverty, and you were like, I am never going to be like that. So you're a saver. Your yeah. money language is, mm-hmm. is is security, and you're you're saving. But your mate likes to spend because her money language is. Uh, Love and affection. So she's like, you get a car, you get a car, you get a car. <laughs> you be like, no, nobody ain't going to get no car. We're going to put that in the bank. You understand? And so you could trigger and a person is wondering yeah. why they're fighting, but they're really fighting over the fact that you are placing me in a position where I will experience past pain. How easy is it to uncover that as a therapist? Oh, is that something you see right away? It is. I, and I think um, for me, that's probably my sweet spot. Is, is being able to detect it because there are certain patterns that just happen. And if I ask the right questions and I've worked with enough people, I definitely uncover it. And people usually leave my sessions like, how did you know that? Um, but it's, it's, uh, it, 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 it shows up. So how does, so, so where's the balance? Do you try to tell one person to, do you try to tell them to find a happy medium to tell the guy that may be penny pitching to say, Hey, listen, you need to, she needs this from you. You don't have to have all this money saved up and you're scared to spend any of it and tell her, hey, you need to dial back because you're spending too frivolously. What I tell them is this. I actually design uh, what I feel is a good money management uh, way of handling things. You don't have to do it, but it's a good way because everybody's money language should be able to be expressed. If you uh, don't, if you take away my ability to feel secure or you take away my ability to use my money to show love and affection, I am going to be stifled and I'm going to resent you. So this is what I do. There is a savings fund that we contribute to. We know the rules of that. There is a household expense account, and then there is, so there's four accounts. There is my account and your account. Yeah. After we put the percentage that we're supposed to put, both of us, put in those different accounts, our accounts, I get to spend, but don't be looking over at your husband's account who's, who's security. You because once you, money? Yeah, once you didn't spend, overspend <laughs> and, every, and picked up the checks, don't come looking at his account. You just did what you did, okay? <laughs> and so you, you use your language and let him continue to maintain his. And so everybody is able to kind of manage that like that. How do you manage it from, like, percentage-wise if he's making five times more than you make? I always say not equal giving but equal sacrifice. So if you are putting 20% of your income and I'm putting 20% of my income, we're both going to feel it the same. That's true. 
That is the best way to look at that. Because a lot of times you get people that talk about, well, no, nah, he needs to, he makes more. He needs to pay all of the bills and I get to keep my money. You know what I'm saying? And then, and then he looking like, it, it's just, it just, and that's what you hear the gender wars about. Oh, oh, absolutely. And here's the thing about that. If there are some people who are raised like that, yeah. and they're going to do that anyway. Right. And, and there are certain cultures are that are that is just the norm and yeah. that is what is expected. However, that has to be decided in <laughs> stage one. OK, <laughs> so, talk about the money thing. What do you feel about that? And you'll start seeing that show up in the checks yep. at the dating. So yep. we, you don't even have to ask if if he won't even pick up your check. You probably ain't going to pay for your whole household uh, living. <laughs> <laughs> I see these videos online where men are out and women, they'll take them to a fancy restaurant and they'll order lobster and steak and all this stuff. And then the dude is like, all right, you going to give me some? And she's looking like, no, you think I'm just going to have sex with you because you pay for a meal? And he's out and recording her because she done took a plane and he done flew her out. She done got flewed out. He done <laughs> bought all this stuff. And I always wonder, what would you say to a woman uh, because somebody's not teaching somebody something. Mm -hmm. So my question to you, how do you think women should handle that level of dating where you, a guy slides in your DM on social media, say, hey, listen, uh, I want to fly you to my city. Um, he buys you a flight, puts you in a hotel room, takes you to go get something to eat. How do you think that they should handle that? I, I feel like this. The person who is doing the flying needs to realize there is no guarantees. <laughs> Unless you have contracted a hooker, there should be no guarantees. I am serious. I know it. And so, and then the woman who is going out with the date, there are no guarantees that you will not be at a Starbucks yep. for, for and, and, and we going to, you, I'll, I'll stand up here. This is the thing. We cannot have this sense of entitlement. There it is. And, and and we can't have male privilege in the sex realm. We can't have female privilege. Yeah. You know, in, in the whole show me. <laughs> you know, no, we have there. You don't have the skills to move towards the compassionate love because if, with my husband, I've always had to be compassionate about his income. I have to be compassionate about making sure I don't hurt him. Yeah. And and if 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 he's out there working, there was a time when I'm when I had my first child. Well, we're both out in corporate America. We both graduated from college the same day. But when we are out there in corporate America, and I decide, and we both decide um, uh, together, I want to stay home for a year with my daughter. But I walk away from a corporate job, and he takes on two. I have to be compassionate about certain things for him at that point. So I've got to step in and do some things. If if there are some things that's going on, it it at all times in marriage, it will just be imbalanced in a way where it's like, okay, I'm gonna put more load on uh, uh, me right now, and then he'll say, I'm gonna put more load. That's an that's an example of him taking on more load. I'm gonna work two jobs so you can stay home. He could have just said, No, we're gonna put him in daycare. Yeah, you understand? But he realized we were trying to, uh, uh, we were working on something. But here's the thing that's good. You have to have the end in mind from the beginning. 
That's what's missing. That is. What's missing is delayed gratification. What's missing so much is that people get married and it's a selfish mentality, even when they're saying their vows. I saw a vow one day and this lady stopped the preacher. He said, honor and obey. She said, I ain't finna say obey. I ain't finna obey him. I said, what is her thought process around that? Like, wow. And so she, that means that she evolved to this place of consciousness where she says, I don't have to obey my husband. Well, of course, some of those vows are still antiquated, but the fact that she on her wedding day made it a point to say, I'm not obeying you sets a bad precedence. It's like, it's it's, because at the end of the day, we should be quote unquote, obeying each other. If you really look at it. But at the end of the day, she was like, I'm not obeying you. And and it's saying that I'm going to operate in this lack of submission to my husband. And I'm saying it in front of everybody. Like, no, I'm not obeying you. What do you think about that? I, this is what I feel. I, when it's, when that happens at the altar, that's a red flag waving huge and not just about the woman, but about the entire communication of that couple. Yep. You all have not discussed stuff because first of all, let's look at the marriage vows, the marriage vows. People think that the Bible wrote the right nah. Bible that didn't write it. Nah. The man made the, the marriage vows. So if by the time you get to that altar, you should be in an agreement as one on what your marriage looks like. <laughs> We, you will not have a, your grandparents' marriage anymore. Right. You have to spe- specifically design, tailor design what your marriage looks like. My daughter and son-in-law, they are both traveling. They live in two states. They work and they travel and they meet up. And, and that's their specially designed relationship yep. that didn't exist all the time in my generation. Right. So by the time you get there, understand what you're, what you need to do, what you agree to do. Some my husband was like this. He had, and my father was too. My, my, my grandmother and his, he would see both of them would see ladies catering to men, standing over cooking and mm-hmm. doing this stuff. They did not like it. Neither my father liked didn't that, like that. Did not like it. My, because this is the thing. My father didn't like it because his father was abusive. Oh, okay. And and so his mo- he married a a much younger he his, he married my grandmother when she was only fourteen only had met her one time and, and shipped her out there and she was basically the Cinderella abused girl in his parents' household with him more than she was his wife and wow. so my father saw her cater night and day and my grandmother did this for everybody and she would just cater for his sister who lived there his family and she just worked and he felt like absolutely not. I do not want my wife doing that. My husband saw that for certain women in his family. And he was like, absolutely not that they felt like it degrades the woman. Yeah. And they, so the, their traumas both did not want that. Mm -hmm. So you see that Mm -hmm. some being was like, if a woman ain't serving you first and this, and this, and this, this, and I'm thinking, not all men want that. Yep. And that's a specially designed relationship where it's like, I don't have to get up and make my husband's plate. You'll probably find him making my plate. He yeah. wants to serve me because my my love language is acts of service. His is, is uh, uh, words of affirmation. Therefore, by the when he puts that plate down, say, honey, you, let sweetie. me take <laughs> A marching band, you're the best husband in the world, world, world. Okay. Yes, exactly. Blowing the trumpet. Exactly. And so we have to tailor our relationship to our own individual needs. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. And so when you look at that, when you look at how we are dating nowadays, it sounds like it's just a communication issue, especially when you're talking about going from the talking stage to the um, what did you say? Is the not the non-committal stage? You called it something else. What were uh, dating without, without uh, non-exclusive? Yeah, non-exclusive yeah. dating to go from that stage and then to, to exclusive go to dating exclusive. exclusively. That all that is communication because it has Absolutely. to transition through communication and be like, hey, you know we're not in a relationship because what happens is, and it's funny what you said, that most times men do bench a woman while he's still living his single life and he, he uses the term but we ain't together when he is exploring his options, but when she Absolutely. is exploring her options, she's like, oh, so that's what you're doing? That's the type of woman you are? The type of woman you are? You ever messing with different dudes? What kind of woman are you? You know what I'm saying? And that's why, actually, the, the first title, the major title of the book is What Are We? And then the the, the subtitle is The Five Stages of Relationship. But what are we is the, the question, and, and people have to ask that. And then I offer a workbook where it has all the questions you should be asking at every stage. Uh-oh. Yes, Uh-oh. hundreds of questions that you should be asking. You done all them up with questions? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. All the questions for each stage that you should be getting to know. And some, That's a powerful... I, I like that. Yes. I like it when people give people tangible uh, skills to be able to date. Because I talk to people and they'll say, women are DM me. I'm like, I don't know how to date. They've been out of practice for so long, haven't been on a date since forever. And then they like... And then the world has shifted so much. Do I pay for the... Do I pay for the... Is it okay for me to ask a man out? Like all these different things that women are just confused and they're at a stalemate emotionally and mentally. Like, well, I don't, I don't know what to do and you know the thing about it is that is the what you just said is probably the biggest compliment i always get about my book i feel more confident while i'm dating when you know where you are you know why because you you learn what's expected of you if if you were hired for a job without any kind of job description and they set you at a desk and they say, okay, we'll just give you assignments as we go along. You're like, am I meeting the standards? Am I doing what's right? What's coming at me next? Or, you Mm -hmm. know, when you, when you are able to understand what stage you are, that is a gift to be able to either step up and, and meet the standard or decide that's too much. My love don't cover that. I'm going back to stage two. I'm going back to stage one, whatever you, wherever you want to be. When you find, uh, who do you uh, counsel the most? Married couples? Or do you date, uh, counsel more singles or just kind of even across the board? I probably date uh, counsel more singles than married couples, but it was probably be more like 60-40. So with the singles, what do you see most? Singles, I am working on their dating trauma. I am working on um, their, most most of the singles that by the time they get to me, they don't understand what's going on uh, with their dating life. They're just like, yeah, I'm single, but you know, this and this. And what I mostly uncover uh, with them. And and the reason why I switched the way I'm answering that question is because they come with one problem, but that's the problem that they think is the problem is usually not the problem. Yeah. And so what the, the problem that I usually discover is some form of dating trauma in their past, whether it's secondhand or firsthand, they have fear of love. And I think that's probably the most dear to my heart sadness is because 
God is love. Mm. And when we associate love with pain, and when we associate love with violence and rejection and abandonment, your entire body will tell you, your brain will say, love, danger, danger. So the body alarms that you start getting that will repel you. And so even when somebody good is coming your way, your body is saying, no, 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 not love. Run, run, run. Make excuses. But we don't run. We, we, um, I don't know. Well, I find them some spiritualize it. I didn't feel a peace in my spirit, and <laughs> you, and so so those the, the, that's the spiritual people. Okay, what they say? What they say? Love. I don't feel a peace in my spirit. The you know I'm just waiting on God to just just drop you know some lightning down and strike me, and I'm gonna run on the Damascus Road and be drugged by by, by the lion, and then I'm gonna get up and fight a bear, and I'm gonna know that's the one, and so. <laughs> That's that's they they waiting for a sign. And so their spirit, what you're talking about is that mm-hmm. it's their trauma that's repelling love. Yes. And but they're saying, I want to feel peace about it. But it's just, you're, you ain't going to never feel peace because your trauma is responding for you. What they're doing is spiritually bypassing They're Instead of addressing the issue, they use the scripture to bypass the realities of what's really going on. And sometimes they're not doing it on purpose. No, it's a real Yes. And when I bring it out and show them, you know, what's, what is really happening and why it's happening, because you can always trace it back. And when I show them why it's happening, the revelation happens, and then you can be free. But if you're on everything, 85% of what we do is on, on autopilot, yeah. then the autopilot of repelling, the autopilot of resisting love is just on it's just on its own. And then you you have so you have that type. And then you have the ones who are picky. And the best guys, the nicest guys will come and they will still find something wrong with them, you know. But they don't have skills to even deal with the the the, the good guys because they haven't mastered it. Yeah. They literally, by the time I finish with these women, they'll say, I'll have to admit, I don't know how to receive or give love. There it is. And then there's the 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 that's this is not the last one, but the last one I'll I'll talk I'll I'll mention. Then there's the one who is um they it's not that they they're looking for a certain kind of guy, which is what we're talking about, and they are rejecting what I call the just Jimmies. The just Jimmies. Yes. See, just Jimmy. Been liking you and in love with you since the eighth grade. <laughs> Just Jimmy don't make six figures, but he is a hardworking guy, and he even work, willing to work two jobs. Yeah. Just Jimmy got good character. He'll pray with you at night. He gonna say prayers with his kids. He gonna take care of you. He gonna love you. But we are seeking the power guy. As a matter of fact, most of those people are actually emotionally un- uh, uh, unavailable. unavailable. Yep. Because they will pick an actor. <laughs> He's not, you're not going to cross paths with this guy. They will pick people who are way over out yeah. here because that keeps them safe. Even picking married men will yep. keep them safe. They don't have to really engage and feel rejection. And so what you have to see is if you are picking people because they're unattainable, yep. you really don't want to a- obtain them. If you're picking people that are unattainable, you really don't want to obtain them. No, you don't. 
And so what happens is, is that while you believe that everybody else is emotionally available, actually the finger's pointing at you. That it you're, really is. You're, un- you're emotionally unavailable. And what happens is when you trace everything back, it's, it, it's this. Your inner child is running adult relationships. There it is. And that should not happen. And when you unpack this with somebody, um, have you... As far as from a success standpoint, how do you measure success? Do you measure success in the people now overcoming that and then finding a healthy, thriving relationship? Or just is success them actually finally acknowledging it and doing better with how they date? Oh, yeah, for sure. The biggest part of your the success of your relationship will rely on your success with yourself, the, the, the your relationship with yourself. So you the more they are in touch and unearth what's in their own amygdala yeah and and what what is what is the traumas that are holding them back and 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 cr- uh, making them feel that things are you know out of control even in marriage it doesn't yeah. it is not just dating but the, when they begin to uncover those things on a conscious level that can look so obvious to somebody else but I'm telling you they're blinded to it and when they finally see it usually there's tears and then there's acknowledgement, and then there is change. Because change can happen by usually, I've heard somebody say, revelation or devastation. Mm. I'm going to stop smoking finally because I just got uh, <laughs> cancer, okay? Yeah. Um, or revelation. This just ain't right for me. Yeah. You understand? So the revelation a lot of times will change people. Some will be too fearful and addicted to the emotional uh, experience of uh, chaos to be able to receive calm. That's a process. Mm -hmm. And if they quit early, it's just, I need to just stay in my comfort zone. Change comes through revelation or devastation. Um, Yeah, that just, I was talking to my my Not nagging. Huh? Not nagging, okay? No, but just, and that's an inward thing. That's the thing where once someone says, listen, I don't like what, how my life is reflecting my choices or, you know, um, or I'm in jail. I need to do better. You know what I'm saying? It's like, when I get out, I'm going to make some better decisions. I don't go to jail. You know, now it's at the, at the very end of it. Um, or even with when I was talking to my my nephew son is if you're failing a grade and you get held back and you go well I'm in summer school so now I'm in my devastation now I got to do something yeah. uh, do something better and so I always say you know the old folks say a hard head makes a soft behind <laughs> you know I want to be a person that doesn't have to yeah. find the result of change through devastation but by revelation by just being along with God and say you know what this ain't working out for me let me yeah. go ahead and do something different absolutely <laughs> because that's where you really want to be and so when you talk about about these, when you look at these gender war, war, uh, wars, as we go back to this, have you found people, especially people that sit in your chair, sit on your couch? Uh, do you do a lot of in-person uh, therapy, or is it virtual? No, it's all. Uh, I used to do in-person, but after every since COVID, I, I'm uh, uh, solely doing Zoom sessions. Okay, and you still got room for other people because people going. I'm telling you, people hit me up all the time. Be like, do you have a good Therapist, do you know a good therapist? And these people gonna hit you up, and I don't want you Actually, talking about. I ain't got, see, you ain't got no time. Yeah, no. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm my, I'm closed right now, um, and I've been closed for a while. My waiting list is a long. List. I know, but but I do have group. 
therapy. Oh, you do? Yes, I do a group. Yes, uh, once a month. Good. And then I have a private Facebook group where we, the things that you see online, some of the major, you know, or, or funny things that you see, I actually put my feedback on what I feel about each <laughs> each thing that you see posted. <laughs> some of them viral posts that people yes, be making and stuff. Yes, absolutely. I, I, I break it down and then we actually discuss it so that even when you're online, because a lot of this stuff that you see, People start getting confused about relationships when they don't have the experience. So I want to break it down and show you what's normal and what's not. I want to show you what that is that you see that looks like, you know, for instance, when you talk about the woman who is demanding things, is she really demanding it from the guy or is she trying to make up for a father who or a mother who uh, did usually that sometimes that's neglect. Not all the time. Sometimes that's neglect uh, because neglect will you'll see people who who have experienced neglect in their childhood. They will take on a sense of entitlement. Yep. They will also compare a lot. They will compare because they want they are always their inner child is always seeking justice and justice is saying I will not be deprived again. You're going to treat me like I should be treated. And, you know, so they're seeking things, even though they may not be operating in it by themselves, they are seeking it from somebody else. But really, it's the inner child trying to make up for what 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 was lost. And and a lot of times, by the time you get a lot of successful women, um, depending on their age, a lot of successful women who bring all of this to the table, they are realizing you know what? I don't need as much money from the guy. I just need somebody because I'm out here in the workforce. I feel the, 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 the stress of it. I feel bombarded by it. I need somebody who I can come home, a support system who is going to, to relieve this. And let me tell you, I, I have to say this part is so important because this is a huge thing I get with married couples, especially when you have two working people. Yeah. A lot of this is imbalanced hormones. It really is imbalanced really? hormones. Yes, because this is the thing. When when you'll see studies that show that the testosterone and the estrogen levels in the men and the women. So for for men, testosterone actually is you know the is the sexual drive, but it's stimulated by when you're you feel like you're doing well. Of course. And so when you're in the workforce, you're high st- uh, testosterone levels and and excreting in your body and things like that. However, when you get home, if you feel like you're underperforming, estrogen is released in men, and so you have all of this estrogen when you come home and. The woman is not attracted to the estrogen levels because she's not attracted to the female in you. Yeah. The same is, and, and the male is supposed to have 20 to 30% more of uh, uh, testosterone yeah. than his female counterpart. Yeah. The woman, on the other hand, she's out in the workforce. Studies have shown women come with more this testosterone Gosh, levels, to more testosterone levels than ever before yes. in the history of our country. So when we come home, we want estrogen is really what drives us and attracts us and bonds us and is is a part of our sexual drive. But our estrogen is not excreted in us until we feel the support system. Yeah, when we are in therapies and you run us to hot baths or we are at the massage, all of those things release the Eve 
to come. But we need an atom to rub our feet. If don't rub mine because I'm too ticklish. But but some of these ladies, they need they need somebody to rub their feet, okay, or whatever they need. But they want that support system when they get home. So when I walk in the door, if I walk in and I am still Adam, and I am still doing testosterone. And you are not attracted to the testosterone in me, and I'm not attracted to the estrogen in me, then I'm going to go where I am accepted. But we have to balance each other. The men have to see that wife who's out there, she faces uh, the same thing as you in a man's world, when you have to sometimes sit at those tables, love McPherson, know how to man up at some of those boardrooms, and I will go, okay? But when I come home, I am not that for Anthony McPherson. I I want to come in and be Eve. But did you have to find that balance? I don't think I ever lost it because that's not what I saw at my home. My mother was okay. a, a stay-at-home wife. And so... And and she did a lot of talk about relationships. And so I, I didn't have to try to figure it out from being with a working mom yeah. who I saw or a single mom. I call them super single moms yeah. who come with all this testosterone and they show up with their sons, too, and, 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 and hand that testosterone. You understand? Yeah. And they didn't even have the luxury. And you normalize it as, oh, this is how it's supposed to be. And you don't see the other side of the support system that would bring out the Eve in her where you're saying, oh, my mom was tough. She was this. She was this. <laughs> well, did she always want to be that? Or she had to be that. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, what would you do if you had an extra hour in your day? Would you take up a new hobby, catch up on some sleep, complete reading the book you've never had time to finish but always promised that you would? Did you know the best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is by knowing what's important to you and making it a priority? Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I could not become the person I am today without therapy, to be honest with you. My vulnerability and transparency were cultivated in therapy and it served as a foundation in which the beloved Dear Future Wifey podcast was built. Now, as you know, relationships of all kinds are important to me. Therapy helps with learning positive coping skills, managing expectations of myself and others, and most importantly, establishing healthy boundaries. Oh boy, life is stressful, ain't it? Now, therapy is a safe space to recalibrate and recenter. Now, can I be transparent with you? Since the inception of this podcast, I've always wanted to do this right here for better help. Why? Because so many of you reach out to me seeking referrals for therapy services after each episode. My heart has been overwhelmed by the outpouring of you desiring help to show up better in life. And guess what? I believe the world is a better place with better help. It's entirely online, too. Designed to fit your schedule. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Wifey today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Wifey. I want to ask you this. Since you say you like uh, talking about, um, I made a post the other day that um I said I'm going to do these random posts <laughs> on my social media about tough topics, and I want to hear you weigh in on this. Should you still follow on social media a married individual who tried to holler at you while being married? I wouldn't. Why not? I would just set boundaries. And and what do I? What am I looking at? 
What they just say? Well, I'm just following them. It ain't, it ain't no big deal. Well, here's the thing. I actually, the boundary that I have, and I'm, I'm just, I, it's different for other people. If you're you're a married person, right? Oh no, that person is married. No, like so. If if you're a single woman, I slid in your DMs. I'm like, hey, what's up? You you beautiful. I like to take you out. And you like, okay. And then you looked at my page and saw that I'm married. Should you continue following me if we so happen we're following each other at first? <laughs> I have had the uh, uh, situation a little bit different, and some of it, you, they're, they're because I'm a relationship expert. These people don't want me. Okay, I know I'm not on the ego trip. I know they do not want me, but they want to test you to see if you're real. Okay, <laughs> and so they'll slide in my DM, and I'll say, it. I am not complimented by you thinking that I am the type of woman that would actually do this, that, and that with you. I am a happily married woman, so you don't give me compliments. You disrespect me and you disrespect my husband. There it Therefore, is. I'm going to invite you to my block party. <laughs> and I, and you, you could check my DMs and you'll see that's the message. You're going to invite them to the block party? Like you're invited to the block party. <laughs> See, people don't realize that's what you're really showing somebody that you don't respect them. If if you know that you married and you're willing to step out and try to holler at that person, that that person does have the integrity to check you and be like, I don't even want to associate with you. And so I put that on. There's about over 200 something comments. People are like, absolutely no. Why would you do that? That's opened up the doors for this. That's this. One person said, well, um, I don't, you know. They said that I wouldn't unfollow them or block them, you know. And I said. Why wouldn't you? You know, well, I don't think that's necessary. And I'm like, so what is the what are you <laughs> what are you advertising to said individual? Because at the end of the day, if they're trying to holler at you and you know that they married, then why do you still want to keep checking for them? I'm insulted. Yeah. And so if you're insulting me, I don't that's not something I'd participate with on my page. So <laughs> <laughs> Would you, so you actually said that to somebody said, I'm going to invite you to the block party Oh yeah people know that's that I will invite you to the block party <laughs> This is not what we going to do here Let me try to test you to see if you, if you, if you Who you say you are Let me tell you my mother used to say They like the dog on the hay They don't want the hay but they don't want nobody else to have the hay either So they they not thinking about me <laughs> I know who I am They ain't thinking about me They just trying to test you And let me tell you if if more men would know this and more women would know there are people who don't want you. They just trying to test you to see your character. They will respect you more if you turn them down. But they just but but you're out there acting like you, oh yeah, and I'm this and this and this. And there's like, oh, it's men who will go with the 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 sanctified yep. church woman who says she absent just because he wants his for his ego's sake to break you. Exactly. Don't 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 be excited about it. <laughs> don't see it as a compliment. <laughs> she said, "Don't be excited about it." That is so true. I had this. I had this. My one of my best friends, God rest his soul. He said, "When a woman rejects him, he makes it his point to go get her to have sex with her, and then kick her to the curb." I said, "Why you do that?" He said, "Cause I want to get back at her. She, especially if she giving me, if she uh, playing hard to get." He like, "Oh, that's a challenge." See? And then I said, "So then you get her, and then you don't want her no more." He said. I already got it in. I said, how crazy is that? He said, I know. He'd be like, I know I'm effed up in the head, but hey, it's fun for me. I'd be like, this is so crazy. So the woman that's playing hard to get, you go put all this energy. She rejecting you, rejecting you for two years. You get her only to play with her heart and kick her to the curb. That joker said that's what he did. Like that's, He said that's, that's fun for him. 
I said, boy, you got to be a, a demented soul to do that to people. But this is the thing. When that happens and you leave injuries, mm. internal wounds to people, and that's when we have people who fear love and associate love with pain. Yeah. And you were just playing. And so let me tell you something. That's bigger than that's a level of retaliation. And he is somewhere down the line, possibly was bullied at some kind of uh, point, feels there's something in his childhood who he really wanted and didn't get yep. and and feels. So there's some something way back, way before that woman rejected him. But this whole rejection thing that creates that level of aggression that's what he needs to be sitting be yeah. on somebody's couch dealing with well, not about what he's doing right now what he did back then well, and what well, hurt him well, he's 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 not alone among the living anymore god rest his soul uh but um oh but, yeah <laughs> tell me he needs to be rest on somebody's couch you know, on the couch sleep. of jesus over here talking to jesus <laughs> that's my boy though but listen so when we start talking about marriage and we talk about relationships you have a what's the other book that you have the next book that I did while on sabbatical, believe it or not, okay. Yeah, I wrote a book while you on break. <laughs> yes, it was um, notes to self, mm. and the 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 sub uh, title of that is talking to talking back to your inner self. That is one of the I think that's one of my favorite books that, uh, already that I have written uh, because it's so necessary. One of the things about talking back to self and notes to self is two reasons why we have to create notes to ourselves and and talk back to ourselves. It's, it, there's reasons for that. The notes to self is because even though our brain has the capacity to hold, to store the entire internet, 2.5 million gigabytes of information can be stored in your brain. There's infinite supply. Absolutely. It's bigger than uh, uh, social media, uh, big, you know, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's huge. Our brains. Yes, our brains store that much. Here's the problem with our brains, though. Our brains store, can store that, but because it, but it doesn't. It dumps within one hour of what you learn, your brain will dump 50% of it. Within uh, 24 hours, it'll dump somewhere between 60 and 70%. And within a week, it'll dump somewhere between 80 to 90% of what you learn. However, it will remember something. It will remember your traumas. So now you are remembering your traumas, but you're forgetting other information. And so what ends up happening the 70,000 thoughts that you think every day, which are mostly negative, are trauma-based, trauma responses, negative thoughts, and you've actually forgotten about the good stuff, even on your page. If you have 1,500 people complimenting you and three people, your brain will dump the 1,500 or at least 1,000 of them. Of the positive and focus on the three negative people. And focus on the three negative. And so what I'm saying to you, and then it will create emotions. Emotions will create moods, okay? Moods are lasting emotions. So what ends up happening is our thoughts, our emotions, we will put them in places of authority. Now, why do I say talk? So that's the notes. Remember the stuff that's important to you. Write stuff down when you have lessons that you've learned, especially in relationships. 
if, if you see that you're constantly choosing the same pattern of God, maybe you should just kind of say, like, maybe there are some downfalls to selecting the guys who are unemployed. They take me to work and use keep my car and go to see the side chick and run the red lights while they're at it. <laughs> Let's remember that next yeah. time you need that type of a guy who is sitting on your couch playing yeah. video games all every day. Yeah. Maybe baby man is not the man for you, but you got to write it down because you'll forget. Call him baby man. Baby man. Maybe we won't pick baby man next time. Okay. Or, or the woman who is, is demanding everything. The, the, the mm. privileged princess. Maybe that's not the woman for you because you are broke Joe now yep. because she is taken and demanded everything of you. Yeah. So these are things you write down and remember. Now, when it comes to your emotions though, you've got to talk back. Cause if your inner child is talking to you constantly, but see, let me tell you, our culture won't talk back. We were conditioned not to talk back. In your house, you talk back. It's not everybody, but a lot of them, you get popped. Yep. Not only not, do you not talk back, you can be seen but not heard. Yep. Okay? You go to school. You start talking back. What, what do you get? Oh, you think you're smart. I thought we were supposed to be smart, but not smarter than the teacher, right? <laughs> so you shut up, you listen, and what they tell you and feed you, you take notes, and then you regurgitate it on the test. When it comes to church, you might be saying, now, how is it that a whole man fat fit inside of a well? You might be thinking that and you ask it, that's the de the devil. You're going to get your hands laid on. You gonna... And if you start talking back in any of these, you deemed as rebellious and people going to start snatching their kids away from you because you, you're a problem child. Yeah. Now, once, you, when, once you're like that, what's going to happen is you are going to begin to say, let me mute myself. Or you'll see the other person who will brew. I'm I'm never going back to church when I get from this is they're they're angry inside. I got I'm a silence, but I'm 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 loud inside. And then there's that other one who just talks anyway and is rebellious. Okay? So you get three kinds. This is what changed my life. When I was bused to the white community and I got there, the big one of the biggest culture shocks was how the kids talk back. Oh, they talk back all the time. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're in a class. We're having a history subject, and the the kids are disagreeing with this. No, I agree. In that period of time, this, I don't believe Well, see, and I'm thinking, y'all not about to get a whooping yet? And I'm looking around in high school. That's so like, true. And somehow they believe that their voice meant something. Now, ours was not an act of our parents didn't like us. It was survival leading all the way back to slavery. We didn't have the privilege to talk back. Sure we had to shut up, listen, not talk back, not even think about the options in order to save our lives. Yeah. And it carried down from generation. So we didn't believe we have a voice. So our voice comes out in other ways. Do you understand? Mm -hmm. It fights in other ways. Now, when I look at that and I see that we are not talking back to ourselves because we think our thoughts are figures of authority that we have been conditioned and we're submitting to them and we're believing them, but they're lying to us about ourselves. They will lie and, and we don't reason. We don't use reasoning. For instance, your father say you were, uh, abandons you and all of a sudden you decide, 
I must not be enough because my dad wasn't there. Okay, that's a child who has not, who has been taught to shut up, mm-hmm. don't think, okay? Because, and, and, and I'm not saying that that's a negative. People who are traumatized, you know, they, they blame themselves. But when you're, the, if you reason through that and you really process that, you say, something happened to my dad while he was growing up where he was not able to assimilate into a fatherhood position. He, for whatever reason, whether it was in that relationship or in his childhood or whatever the state was, was my dad did not have the skills yeah. to be a father. He was not enough inside of him. There was not enough inside of him to, to help him to step up to the plate. That is not about me. That had nothing to do with who I am. But see, that's talking back. That's talking back. But that's what you should be writing notes to self. It was not my fault that Mm. my father did not father me. Note to self. So every time you attempted to think that way, you go to your note to self and say, absolutely not. Had a conversation with my nephew, son, who's <clears throat> he he pops up from time to time and does the switching <laughs> for the episode. We had this exact conversation the other day, right, Ladarren? Mm-hmm. We had this conversation about the thoughts you think to yourself. And he was talking about how he always thinks so much negative stuff. And I said, You're a brilliant matter of fact, he did the switching on the episode mm-hmm. that 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 got a telly award. So he mm-hmm. has an actual telly award, uh, two wow. telly awards as a 15-year-old. Got it when he was 14. And wants to do YouTube and stuff. And he says, every time I sit down to get ready to do a video, he said, I have all these ideas I want to do. But then all these brilliant ideas he has, he then thinks himself out of those ideas before he even push record. And I said, what happened? He said, I just be feeling like it ain't going to work. I feel like this. He said he has all these negative thoughts about um, why he shouldn't do it. And then he doesn't do it at all. And then he gets upset that he's not as successful as he dreams of being in, in social media or YouTube. But he hasn't put the work in because he keeps being negative and operating in a level of uh, impotency by not even producing the, the work. Uh, what would you say to LaDaren right there? I would say, first of all, the first note is I am brilliant enough to compete against all of the people on the face of this earth who have done the same work. And I walk out with the awards. There is nothing else. There is no higher achievement. And therefore, I can continue to grow. I mean, there is a higher achievement, but there is no there is no limit right. to my achievement. Yes. There is no limit to my achievement. I would write that down. I would write down the process. I would write down the work. I would write down just notes of the process of how it came to be that I was switching the the way and yeah. producing correctly. I don't know the yeah. technical terms. But I would write down some of the processes, some of my thinking patterns, what I came to. Now, once I do that, I would realize the process is very ugly on anything that's successful. Yep. You don't want to see the sausage made in the kitchen <laughs> or you won't want to eat it. Yeah. You don't a lot of successful people, they have negative thoughts. They're about to talk themselves out of stuff. And I would tell him, you're not alone. Yep. This is just how your brain works. That's your brain trying to protect you from past pain. Your brain is just saying this. You don't want to be hurt or disappointed. You don't want to fail in front of 
all these people. They're going to watch your stuff and you're going to not be worth it. It's it's if you're going to do it, it's not going to be successful. You don't want to feel that. Yeah. You got to go back to the time where you felt pain over a failed product or failed project. Forgive yourself. And then this is the note. Extract the lesson. Instead of operating in the shame of it, extract the lesson. He probably knows something that he tried that he might have failed at before. Or that somebody, whether it was somebody who hated on him, oh, man. Yeah. And then he took it and didn't talk back to that person. Maybe couldn't talk back to that person. Just go back and, and, and do some introspection. Where did that come from, that fear of failing, but also it can be a fear of success. That's what people don't talk about is the fear of success. Um, And before we wrap this up, before I launched the podcast, I literally sat down and I said, I want to do this podcast called Dear Future Wifey. And I said, but I don't have a lot of followers. On on Facebook, I think I had like 5,000. I wasn't big on Instagram. I had like... 1100 followers on on Instagram and then I said and then I started comparing myself to all the other relationship experts and then and I started comparing myself to people I wasn't I wouldn't even try to be a relationship expert <laughs> but I was like well that's the only thing in the world is that if I'm talking about relationships everybody else is going to compare me to a relationship expert and I said but I don't want to be a relationship I just want to be a student I want to sit down and just learn from people and and then I said oh but that's not going to work because people the people I see that's successful in it they're showing people five steps to dating pro six steps to doing this eight steps to this I don't know the steps so who's going to watch that and then, and then God said, be you. There's a whole lot of yous out there that's trying to figure this thing out. There's teachers and there, there's and then there's students. Are you okay with being a student? I said, absolutely. But would people watch that? God said, yes. I said, how you know? <laughs> God said, because I'm God. I said, okay, well, I'm going to go do this and I ain't going to have a high level of expectation. I'm just going to do it. Because I don't even know what I'm doing. So I'm just going to submit to the process. I'm going to take these. Because what you do on on YouTube, you got to get at least 100 people to uh, subscribe so you can get the vanity URL on YouTube. So you can have YouTube.com forward slash whatever that name is. So I said, I'm going to tell my Facebook people, hey, I'm going to start this new new YouTube channel. Come follow me. So I got my 100. I said, okay. So now I got my vanity URL. And I was like, okay, now I got to do these videos. And I said, I don't like talking in front of the camera. This was this was on this was on um this was right at the start of the pandemic. I said, how do people do that? People be going live and do talking to nobody. Like, how do you do that? I don't like that. I produce stuff behind the scenes. How dare me sit up there? And then God said, what do you do when you're working with a client and you're and they're flubbing words and or or uh they're saying stuff that they don't that you don't think is good for the video? You edit out, right? They said, yeah. Edit what you don't like out. I said, oh. Yeah, I can't just edit it out. Oh, okay. I can edit it out and make myself sound brilliant. Just edit out all the flubs. And so I did that. I did that a couple of interviews, I mean, a couple of episodes. And then I said, I like talking to people. How am I going to get people to come in in the middle of the pandemic? Ask. So I asking people. They was coming here. Man, we wasn't even socially distanced or nothing. We just sitting up on with a little table and we doing the podcast. 
The podcast hit 440,000 subscribers yesterday. Wow. 440,000 subscribers. Every month, I'm doing over 2 million downloads. I mean, 2 million views a month. 380,000 downloads a month on Apple Podcasts and all the streaming platforms. But here it was, this guy that said, I don't think people will listen to me. Mm. And so what I was telling old uh, nephew son, Ladarian, was that I was like, I thought just like you. The difference between me and you is I do everything afraid. Mm. When you learn how to do stuff afraid and be like, and then I start realizing nobody don't have a heaven or hell to put me in. I'm going to do what I'm going to do. You don't even know what. And and even when I consult people on podcasting, I say, how do you measure success? Because how you measure success is important. If you measure success by saying, I want 100,000 subscribers, then you're never going to feel successful until you hit Mm 100,000. But then what happens is you're going to always move the goalposts again. And then you're going to say, well, the next milestone is 1 million. So I'm not going to feel successful until I get a million. I've dialed everything back and said, I feel successful every time I push record and release that episode. That's really good. Let me tell you something. And I believe that when you peak early, then you become your own competition. And that's the scariest part. Yep. Is because you say, was that real (laughs) or was that a fluke? You understand? (laughs) Can I do it again? Yep. And again. Yep. When are the people going to get tired? So those are the voices you hear. So it's kind of like when you're 15 and you get a telly, yeah. then you said, I could never get another one. <laughs> yeah. Was this, would this get me at that? So you're constantly thinking you're trying to outdo yourself. Yep. So you lose every time you don't outdo you. Ooh. And so what I'm saying is stop competing with you. Could just do your purpose. That's just it. do your ideas. Trust. Start trusting yourself, and 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 just produce it. Like the what the baseball thing. If if you if you have it, they will come. You understand? Yeah, yeah. And, and you just build it, and they shall come. Yeah, just build the relationship with with your audience because at this point, they're coming for you now. Their relationship is with you. Yeah, they have to trust you. Yeah. And your sincerity in this thing and that you're for their good. And when you can ask questions that are meaningful to them, you've actually are doing them a service. So they see the value in them. So all that that uh, your nephew son. There you go. Right there. All you have to do is to make sure that you are always keeping your listeners in mind and say, what is it? What gift can I give to them this time? What yeah. information can I give to make their life better? Always think of a problem you can solve and people will come and find your answer. Every single time. Um, um, <laughs> yeah, I can talk to you all day. Listen, <laughs> um, God, you got so many books. So you have Five Stages of Dating. That book is out, right? That's Both of the books are out. Both of the books. Five Stages of Dating, but uh, No to Self isn't out, right? Oh, that is out. That's yes, out, that, too. I just introduced it at, at, at Woman. Uh, oh, so it's fresh off the press. Yes, absolutely. How do people pick up these books? They can go to uh, my website, which is www.lovemcpherson.com. And even if you don't put the www in front <laughs> of it, it's just go to lovemcpherson.com. You'll get the book. How they connect with you on social media? Love McPherson everywhere. And can people still sign up for your group coaching? 
Absolutely. And please do. You'll enjoy that group coaching. We're a family, y'all, you all. And we answer live. We answer questions right there in the group. People give dating scenarios. They they talk about different things. We go deep. We don't just handle it surface. We go always take it to the deeper level and the root of the issue. And so expect that it's not just going to be about dating. It's going to be the root of why the fears are there, why the rejection, we're going to have to solve it. And if you see this happening, it's relating to this, let's uh, heal. Let's do the work. How long have you been doing this? Before I let you go, how long have you been doing this work? Ooh, I've been doing it longer than I've been paid to do it. I'll say that. <laughs> You're doing it for free but at first. Exactly. I've been, in, I've worked as a clinical professional for, um, for 26 years, but in this particular realm, I have worked since 2010. 2010. That's good. Uh, and to give context of why I call Ladarian my nephew, son, is because he's my nephew. I adopted him several years ago, but he don't like for me to call for me to call him my son because he's like, that's weird. You're, you're my my sister is your mama. You know, he, said, he said, my mom is your sister. So that just sounds weird. If if, if you call me your son, I said, okay, I can see that. <laughs> <laughs> like, what, what yeah. happened with your yeah, sister? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I'm your son and your sister is this, whatever. So I just call him my, my, my nephew son. So, I love that. Uh, and so that's what it is. So, man, listen, uh, thank you so much for pouring into um, our listeners. Um, listen, Let me just say this. Go ahead. I I really appreciate you. Um, because there are clients, believe it or not, and I would never, ever reveal any information. There are clients that I have to actually coach them back from a healing, from an injury, from relationship experts. Oh, wow. And, and I'm not talking about anybody you've had on. Or, um, <laughs> I ain't talking about anybody no, you had no, on. You're making I'm, it worse. I don't want y'all to start getting you're it. You're making it worse when you well, say, well, saying stuff. But, 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 I, but people that are online. And so when, when, <laughs> when people are betrayed by people they put their trust in, yeah. it's even more difficult. Yeah. And so it's, some of it is just, um, it's, it's, it's just bait. Yeah. Bait for, for women. Yeah. And what you're doing is it's just it's, it's bait. And so I appreciate you because I believe you. I believe you're real and I believe you're a uh, dear wife. And this is when I when I, I was sold because I said he will lose his entire brand if he actually gets married, though, because he doesn't have to write in any more letters to dear wifey. <laughs> so what happens after that? But you have a backup plan already in place. You don't stop writing letters. Yep. You write them to to wifey. Yeah, you understand. Yeah. And 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 so the girls who will be thirsty, like, could I be the wifey you're writing letters to? Mm -hmm. I've watched you, and you really are looking. Very much so. I did an episode that was in January called "Healing from Heartbreak." Uh, I actually thought that, you know, this woman was going to be my wife. I was going to propose to her March the 18th. And we already already discussed, you know, I was going to propose, but we already discussed our wedding date, which would be September the 23rd. So you see, like, even next week would be, uh, when this episode drops, this uh, that upcoming uh, Saturday would be the day that we were getting married. I was in the talks with uh, a major network who was wanting to sign me on, sign my podcast on, and they said, so what happens when you find the one? And I said, um, 
I'm going to knight another bachelor to take over the podcast. They said, hold on, hold on. What? You tell me you're willing to just let this go? I said, it was for a season. I, you know, I'll just knight it. I'll produce it. They was like, no, 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 no. If we're behind you and we're about to start getting behind you and pushing this machine, you can't just let it go. Mm-hmm. I said, well, I'm not married to this. It doesn't matter. And they said, see, that's what we like about you. But the answer is no. What you need to do is, because I said, they said, then what? I said, well, I'll get my wife and then we'll start a podcast together. And they said, why don't you just bring her on to this one? And I said, they said, we'll see the whole evolution of when you were single all the way until you got married. And now y'all are doing this together. I said, oh, I never thought about that. And it was like, yeah, just do that. And they made me rethink the strategy of just letting it go yes. and then starting something else. They said, no, dear future wife is you. You're the brand. You're building that thing. Absolutely. And then I was just like, okay. But that was a conversation I had back in March. You know what I'm saying? Because I've never been, I've learned to pivot in life. I've never began, I've never adopted the ideology that if God did it one time, he can't do it again. That whatever this season is in my life is me stewarding my Adam season. Mm-hmm. I always call it my naming the Adam, naming the animal season until God brings me my Eve. And so um, I love that they re because I'm like I said, I'm a student. You know, this is my first time doing this. I never even thought that it could ever be this big. Um, and so when they wise counsel was telling me, no, just keep on doing it. Then I said, okay, I understand. But but God always wanted me to uh, maintain the heart posture that I'll, I'll let it go. It you is, know what the most serious. impactful thing that you just said to me? You said, you know, I'm not married to it because, see, if you were married to the podcast, you wouldn't be looking for a wife. Oh, that's deep. Oh, that's deep. Oh, no, <laughs> because you're not going to break up with the podcast <laughs> for some woman. You will not trade in a podcast for a woman. Therefore, you have already said, oh, this is a temporary assignment with you because a woman is more important to me yeah. than, than this podcast. 100%. That's integrity in your work, which is why God can, can, trust, can trust you to grow it. That's deep. That's deep. Your, your daughter was nodding her head. All right, third priest, you finna get me emotional. I'm finna cry. <laughs> I'm not finna cry on this doggone podcast right here. Hey, y'all give it up for love. Make that was, that was, the, y'all that, like, that was, let me tell you something. Oh, that was your Abraham oh, moment. Oh, Jesus. Will you give up your only begotten son? Oh, God. Will God. you give up the promised son? And you said, you know what? We're going to go on up here and we're going to crucify this, this podcast. Oh, Jesus. And I'm going to come back. Oh, Jesus. Do you understand? Love, that's love, the cop, level of talking. sacrifice. You're trying to make me cry. Leave that's me alone. That's the level of sacrifice love. you have to have in order to get into this thing. It's so much bigger than what people are reducing relationships and marriage to. You have to have that type of love for a person that's not even in your life yet. That type of love for somebody to say, I not will, you talk about come home, I will give up this thing for you. But you have to have that mindset before you ever walk through the door to take her on the date. Mm. Have your principles, understand the end from the beginning. Because when I finish, and this is how I did this with my life, and I know I see it in you, I decided I want. When I turn 70, I want to be able to sit at a Thanksgiving meal and I want my husband 
to be happy about his life. I want to be happy about my life. But most of all, I want my children to come, not because they were coerced, not because they were guilt tripped, not because they 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 needed to a meal. I want them to come bring the grandchildren. And when they sit at the table to we have a relationship. That did not start, does not start when I'm 70. It started with us leaving money on the table for family day. It started with me dating my husband every single week since the day we got married. Mm. It started with us making choices to stay home and having less money and putting them in certain things and talking and apologizing when we did wrong. All of that contributed and when I walk into Woman Evolve with both my daughters by my side, I know that the sacrifices I've made for a relationship with them, it all worked out. But what you're doing right now, your mindset is, I'm willing to give this all up because this is real to me. This is not a gimmick. God will honor that. You close it out because I, I ain't got no say so at this point. When, when you want when you want to be finished, love, because you ain't gonna just keep over <laughs> therapeuticizing me. I want I would like to, uh, everybody to to see this in closing. A lot of times when we go to First Corinthians the thirteenth chapter, we go there especially as Christians to to learn about love, and we stick kind of in that fourth through the eighth verse that. Love suffers long and it is kind. Love, you know, it tells you all about the love and, and it's all beautiful. And we stop at love never fails. We, we're right there. But you know what? That stops at the eight, 8A. We need to keep going down to the 11th verse because it says, when I was a child, I thought as a child, I reasoned as a child, I... um. I spoke, I spoke as a as child, a child. I, 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 I thought as a child, I reasoned as a child. But when I became a man or mature, I put away childish things. We must put away our inner child in order to run adult relationships. <sighs> our inner child cannot run you constantly demanding of others what you never got as a child. You cannot pick a lollipop over a kiwi. A lollipop is beautiful. It will look beautiful on Instagram. If you give a child the the the, the decision for a lollipop or a kiwi, they're going to pick the lollipop every time, even though inside the kiwi, it ain't nice and tall and beautiful, but it's kind of a little hairy look, but inside it reduces stroke. It reduces diabetes. There are antioxidants. It boosts your immune system, but you got to open it up and get the goodness out the center of it. And it will give you life and health and longevity. The lollipop is tall, beautiful, and looks good on Instagram and even tastes good in your mouth. However, is not good for you. And eating that and that diet all the time is toxic and will kill you soon. And what I would like people to do is to not allow their inner child to demand the things that will not take you to your long-term goals. Mm. Not your instant gratifications, your long-term goals. Develop a mature mindset so that you can have a mature relationship with yourself and a mature relationship with your future forever. Not your Instagramifications. <laughs> <laughs> your Instagramifications. 
Love, thank you. Thank you for pouring into me. Uh, thank you for seeing the God in me. Thank you for seeing the purpose in me. Thank you for seeing my heart. Um, I'm going to cry when I get in the car. <laughs> I love that. Oh, you, okay. you make sure you cry in front of that future wifey, okay? Because oh, she's yeah. going to love that. Oh, I cry all the time. I don't, I don't, I don't care. I, I said I ain't going to be one of those men that die from, from stroke at an early age because yes. they've been holding up all that pressure. I let my emotions out. Get I cry. Out. I teach my sons cry. Yeah. When, when, when something hurts, let that, let that mess out. We don't have this old toxic masculinity in my household. Be like, cry. I've held my sons when they when they've cried, and I've cried with them. So you know. Uh, and you know what else? I've, I got to say something about oh, the fatherhood. Just one more, thing, one more thing. One more thing. When your son said, uh, um, your son nephew said, yeah. "I don't." It, it, that sounds weird. Literally, you could have taken that as a rejection. Yeah. You really could. It's like I see you as son, and you see me as still uncle, uncle in, involved, and so. It could have went into you as you're not matching my love. Yeah. It was not that. Yeah. That he was actually, that was an act of safety for you. He was not just himself, but he's thinking about you. It's like if your sister births me <laughs> and you are the brother, do we need to explain something? <laughs> so maybe what you would have taken as an act of rejection yeah. was him also protecting you, your image, and his. And so for you to see, that was not about rejection. He still loves you. I thought about it for a second, though. I kept saying, I ain't playing the role of no uncle. You saw how I played the role as uncle. I wasn't like this in your life. You know, I've seen you a couple of times, a few times a year. I'm your dad right now. I'm playing the role of dad. You get an inheritance. You are, I'm treating you no less than I'm treating my biological daughter. But then the minute I thought that, God said, but you know who you are. But that's the mindset of a husband, too. <laughs> Do you master those skills? That's what I'm trying but to you say. Know who you, you qualify are. because when that wife says, "I this is this is a will present a trauma for me in this manner," and you don't make it about nah. yourself, mm -mm. you make it about that person. First, do take the hypocritical oath. First, do no harm. Don't keep daggering into their traumas. Accept it until they grow past it. Yeah. 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 That's one of the things that I've been asking God to continue to curate inside my heart to live a sacrificial life like that. You know, sometimes I'm challenging, sometimes I'm like, hold on now, hold on. Now. Let me tell you this. I got my own trauma too, because sometimes those, the, the, yeah. that trauma may ignite my own trauma. And then I look at it as rejection. I look at this. And so I've, uh, my daughter, said it best one day. She said, Dad, you're the most selfless person I know. Mm. And that's the thing that I always wanted to be. But at times, I felt like I was being a pushover uh, with her mom. Her and her mom, uh, me and her mom was never married, high school sweetheart or whatnot. But then she would watch how her mom would handle me a lot. And she was like, you 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 let my mom get away with everything. She treats you any kind of way. I said, well, one thing that I'm doing is I'm honoring your mom through you. I said, my job is to show you how a man honors a woman, mm. it, it, uh, regardless of how I may feel about it. And she was like, well, sometimes I feel like you let my mom walk over you or whatever. And I said, she can never walk over me. 
Mm. I said, see, the thing about it, one thing that I read in the Bible, one of the most powerful humans that walked the face of this earth and uh, a human that became flesh from the spirit was Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, you can't kill Jesus Christ. He had to surrender. He had mm. to submit himself. So you can look at it and be like, man, Jesus was a punk. He let these people kill him. Jesus said, you, you thought that they did that? Or you thought that they just overpowered me or something? No, I gave myself unto them. Mm. And so I always said, God, I want the heart posture of you. I want what people think that they done took advantage of me. They really thought that they done did something to me. They didn't do nothing mm. to me. And when God taught me vengeance is mine, set the Lord, mm. then I started learning not to fight my own battles. Yeah. And I say, God, it's, a, it's on my wall in my office right there. It said, let your character outlive their lie. Mm. It was something that God told me back in 2020, or well, 2018, where I was dealing with this situation. And God said, let your character outlive their lie. And I said, well, God, you take too long. It takes too long for your character to outlive a lie. God said, but I'm God. You know, when you start thinking That's with so these true. same old human thoughts, yeah, you may think it's long, but my ways are not your ways and my thoughts are not your thoughts. And God has created and curated this beautiful platform where he is exemplifying himself to the world and to the masses. And so what I always try to show my kids is the same thing of saying that, hey, listen, Treat people with honor. Talk yeah. to your teachers. I said, your teachers are humans. I said, if you learn how to honor your teachers, I guarantee you, they won't fail you. Like, they, they won't. They'll be like, come here, LaDaren. You know what? You, you're one of my favorite students. You always ask me how I'm doing. You always give me respect or whatever. I know you're struggling this right now. What can I do to help you better? Matter of fact, I don't even have tutoring on Tuesdays. But I'm a, why don't you come see me on Tuesday? I mean, it's like when you, there are people, I tell my kids right now, we are in the business of customer service. So when you're talking to people and teachers or whatnot, the humans, they get mad at their job because they like y'all kids be very stressful with them dealing with you. Honor their jobs and go in there and literally say, you know, thank you for coming to work today. Thank you for teaching me because you could have had a substitute that comes in there and they just babysitting and go. And now you're falling behind, but you can't use that as an excuse when, when you got a 3.1. You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day. Just honor your teachers. And I said, if you can learn that when you get a job, you're going to be able to honor your boss. You're going to get raises when other people can't get raises. You're going to get promotions when other people can't get promotions because you learn how to talk to people. And when you get married, You'll you be able already to have mastered the skills, a major skill that you will need. You will have to learn to honor each other. Period. Period. And love, we're going to end this podcast. Period. <laughs> Because you, you you be preaching over here. You you are blessing my whole entire soul. Listen, go buy the book, Five Stages of Dating. Note to self, join her coaching program. This is the Love McPherson. She will bless your life. Thank you so much for pouring into us. Thank you for pouring into me. Y'all give it up for my homie. Thank Love you McPherson. for having me. Don't say nothing. Thank you to my homie, Love McPherson. <laughs> I've enjoyed you so much. Thank you. I have enjoyed you. I, I think we could just sit and talk. I, our podcast can only be so long, but we, we'll just have to sit and talk, okay? Just sit and talk. Don't give it up. Ladarian thrusted suddenly into Child Protective Services in 2015. My nephew, black, a boy. The likelihood of being adopted outside of kinship, slim to none. Armani, 16 years old, black, a boy with five years in the foster care system before I even knew his name. The likelihood of ever being adopted? Yep, you guessed it, slim to none. 
While Ladarian and Armani were trying to survive and barely thrive in an overpopulated and underfunded foster care system, I was living my own life, doing well professionally. Having been a single father with a daughter who at that point was doing well in college, it was my time to live my life, right? Wrong. I felt unsettled, tireless, agitated. There are just too many of our black children stuck in ambiguity and in the limbo of the foster care system. In 2017, I legally adopted my nephew, Ladarian. Fast forward to 2019, I had no ties to this other young king, but I felt God instructed me to adopt him also, and I obeyed. Starting over with parenting should have been enough, right? Working with various foster care and adoption agencies to help bring awareness to the countless young black kings in the foster care system should have decreased my agitation, right? Joining the board of directors of Advantage Adoption, an organization that helps find permanent adoptive homes for children in foster care, should have led to some type of resolve, right? No, not at all. None of it felt like I had done enough. I now realize that every one of those experiences was laying the fundamental foundation for my life's mission, Kingdom Royale. Kingdom Royale will be a luxury, state-of-the-art home for foster boys. Our first location will be in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. We will utilize the whole person approach that instills identity, empowers them to advocate for themselves, and enlightens them regarding new perspectives and limitless options that they thought were impossible. Though the young kings will attend the local public schools that are in proximity to Kingdom Royale, our at-home curriculum will broaden their worldview through participating in the arts, attending various cultural events, learning about and engaging in multifaceted discussions about current events and even relevant historical contexts, introducing them to gardening and landscaping and even caring for our animals on our farm and on-site stables. We just launched our startup capital campaign with the goal of raising $2.8 million. Now, why $2.8 million? Well, in 2017, I created a web series in which I performed random acts of kindness for targeting the homeless community. One of the most notable successes was that one of the videos went viral, garnering 28 million views. However, one of my biggest regrets is that I didn't raise a single dollar to help in implementing a more sustainable plan for the homeless community. So throughout the years, with much remorse, I reflected on not maximizing that moment. I knew if at that time, just 10% of the viewers donated $1, we would have raised at least $2.8 million that could have really established long-term support for the homeless community, or at least started a long-term initiative to do so. This is my do-over. This is our new beginning. Together, we can attack this at the root by specifically helping our homeless black boys who are already disproportionately represented in the American foster care system. I'm LaTerris R. Whitfield. I've been nominated for three regional Emmys documenting my work with the homeless as well as my personal adoption journey. Despite those accolades, the greatest award for me is truly providing the infrastructure for a transformed life. Visit KingdomRoyale.com for more details. Crown a king and make a donation today. Man, I hope y'all enjoyed this episode. Man, tough topics, man. We, man, we deep diving into this thing. I thank God so much for bringing Love McPherson on the podcast. I've been dying to talk to her. She and I have been 
uh, trying to make this happen for, I think, almost close to a year now. It's been an amazing time. So, listen, uh, here's my favorite part of the podcast where I speak to my future wifey. Dear future wifey, I just bought a new home. John 14, three states. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. I'm preparing for you. This home is for you. I thought of you every step of the way and I... And though I tried my best to curate a space I believe you will love, please feel free to make it your own. Can I be honest? Moments like these are bittersweet. I feel we are supposed to be doing this together. However, I'm still single. I try my best to rest in this season while maximizing it at the same time, but my mind often daydreams about what life will be like with you by my side. You know, I'll end this letter now. Just want you to know I'm preparing for you like John 14, 3. I love you. Your future hubby. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Dear Future Wifey podcast. Remember, be lit, live intentionally and transparently, and don't stop loving. Make sure to subscribe to our Dear Future Wifey YouTube channel. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. We welcome your support. Simply share our podcast with your friends and family. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.